2: Hey, Lay leaned in and said something to Freddie.
1: Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie You do?
3: Soccer is going to explode and it's gonna be around this kid. We we're the Beatles.
0: Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure.
2: New episodes of American Prodigy dropped Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcast
3: nice what is up everybody welcome to (laughs) another episode of (laughs) immortal um i thought we're slow off the off the rip there but it's, uh, it's all good we're here with special guest asana what is up how you doing man i'm doing
4: good on this wednesday afternoon i don't know
3: yeah good to hear and puck is with me as always how you doing Dude, I'm so excited. Uh, it's
2: Christmas in a few days. I have no responsibilities. I'm now on holiday break. This is the last show I'm doing of 2020. And we get to talk with a 17-year-old legend. It's going to be great.
3: Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of, of which, we're at the end of the year. Obviously, we've, we're have we at the end of a lot of play of Valorant. So there's lots of stuff to talk to Asna about. But I think what would make the most sense is starting to, you know, get maybe a better sense of who Asuna actually is. And I think the first thing is we should clear up how to say your name because <laughs> I was always saying Asuna because I was like, this guy's got an anime profile picture. I'm just going to lean into the, the Japanese pronunciation there, but it seems like I was right.
4: Yeah, you were right. I did watch your casting a lot because, uh, like, I go back to the vods, you know, watching it back. And, yeah, I mean, I don't really care how it's pronounced, but it is pronounced Asuna the Japanese way because I got it from, you
2: know, an anime, but yeah okay and i owe golden boy an apology here because i heard hiko calling you asuna i heard it from steel's mouth have you gotten your teammates to call you asuna yet or are we still working on that
4: we're still working on that but they call me just peter because there we I go mean, just peter I, these days yeah i mean a lot of my friends just call me peter because calling me after an anime girl name is just uh, a little weird <laughs> you know <laughs> So, can we yeah. talk
2: about that? How did you select uh, a
4: female's name? Like, what
2: drew you to this name? Because, I mean, yeah. my first gamer tag was Rocket Master. Uh, yeah. So, I can't say that I picked a great one to start things off, <laughs> but how did you yeah. choose your first gamer tag?
4: Yeah, I mean, I was rocking One Justified because uh, it I was really popular in ESA back then to use one in front of your name. And yep. then uh, I switched to an anime profile picture. I didn't even watch anime, I just switched to one. And I started playing better. And I just thought in my head, like, what if I just go full Weeb?" And then, like, I started watching some anime. <laughs> and the first show I watched was, like, Tokyo Ghoul and then SAO. And I started picking some names. And on ESA, you can't, like, there's a lot of, like, names that already taken. You can't take them. So then I just tried a bunch. And I got Asuna. And I was like, right, I guess I have to keep this. And then I played a lot and then people started noticing me and I kind of was just stuck with it. You're like, this is
2: my brand now. This is where we're going. So is there any truth to the idea though that if I change my my picture to anything anime, I'll start fragging out better? Because I saw Hayes do it. Everyone, even the old boomers now are buying in.
4: Yeah. I mean, a lot of the Valorant scene has like Twitter anime profile pictures. So I mean they're definitely buying into it. I don't know if the name helps, but like I mean, I bought into it. So something's working.
2: Yeah, working there. Dan. The
4: joke was Dicey switched to like he had his um, on Twitter had his like face instead of an anime profile picture and he didn't play, uh you know, to his level, I'd say. And so the joke now is like, you know, you didn't have an anime profile picture on Twitter. So that's why you played bad.
2: You got to power up, bro.
4: Understood. <laughs> yeah. So he switched back. I gotta try this. <laughs> right?
2: I gotta do something and- different.
4: <laughs> yeah. That's why I won't switch to a, like a Twitter profile picture of my face, even though people say like, oh, it's going to help your branding. It's just, I don't want to play bad. There we go. So, we all have our superstitions.
3: If not, if not, anime. Watching anime. Uh, given, obviously, like COVID has restricted everything massively this year. People are watching more, more, you know, series and films and so on and so forth. So, like, what, what are the, what's your favorite, like, television to watch to fill some of the downtime?
4: Recently or uh, overall? I mean, recently we do both. I, I mean, I'm watching just the seasonal animes like Jutsu Kaisen. Uh, can't really think of any of or Haikyuu Yeah, Attack on Titan. I'm watching those right now. That's about it, really. I can't really watch much because we practice a lot, but I'm definitely trying to, you know, catch up. And then I started reading as well, just because, why not? Because Dicey got me into it. And, Dicey yeah. got
2: you into reading? How does this happen? Pro oh, Valorant
4: players and current No, not, not reading. League. No, let me okay. be clear. Not <laughs> reading uh, books. Uh, more like manga, <laughs> manhwa, stuff like that. Understood, understood. Okay. Yeah, I, I, we're not that intellectual in the, in the 100 Ds compound. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And I did. I did that first thing that he just got you into into reading itself, the activity of reading. But but that but that, yeah, that makes more sense the manga angle. I get that. I actually never read any manga myself, although I used to watch anime um, a long time ago. But yeah. Um. Anyway, is there anything else you want to ask on this topic before we move, uh, forward pocket? Yeah, I just want to know, like, dude, you're seventeen years old. You're one of the
2: yeah. youngest guys in the scene, and you're playing with some of the best across the planet, especially here in North America. How do you handle all of this as a high school? Like, what is your daily schedule? I know a lot of people, they don't have classes to worry about. You do. So what is your daily routine right now on 100 Thieves?
4: Yeah, uh, when we were, so I'm just going to say, like, when we were prepping for first strike, I would generally, like, wake up around 9.50-ish because class starts at 9.55. And then um, class goes until 2. It's only four hours because, like, I didn't take that many classes. but I just took enough where, like, it, my mom wouldn't be too mad. Right. I try to you know compromise there, of and course. then the school. I do all my schoolwork there, and sometimes like I'm even like playing Valorant during my class time, like during the Zoom meeting. It's like a joke on Hiko's stream because like I show up on his stream and it's like you know in the middle of the school day, um, and then like after that I try to do my homework, and then I have a break two to five, and then we practice from like five to seven, or depending on like some days we start earlier, like four to seven. And then we have a break from, like, 7 to 8. And then we practice from 9 to 11. It's really hard. I mean, because, like, if you think about it, I'm playing, like, Valorant, like, during my class, during the break. And, like, I mean, I'm just playing it all day. So, it's really, you know. But my teachers are pretty, like, lenient in the school. Like, I got lucky with my teachers. They don't give that much homework. So, it's not too bad. And then I try to go to bed, like, 1. And then, you know, 8 hours of sleep or something. But, Do you feel
2: yeah. like you're missing out on kind of a normal I, I don't want to call it a
4: childhood but a normal yeah, like, I guess yes.
2: high school routine do you do you feel like you're you're skipping or giving up things to pursue this career
4: I mean I thought that but then like covid came and it's like no one's really doing anything so you know you just take advantage of the situation you have at hand but I definitely did think that when I was like uh decided to do this when I was playing CS like that I was going to be giving up like I didn't go to clubs or anything activities after school so like I didn't do anything like that but I mean and like whenever someone invited me to go somewhere, i just say, nah, I'm, I'm doing stuff. I have stuff, you know, to do. So, I mean, I definitely think that like I, I definitely lost some high school experience. But mm-hmm. I mean, I am where I am right now. I don't think a lot of people, uh, I mean, a lot of people tell me I oh, don't worry about it. But it's definitely something like a lot of people probably take for granted and giving up on that is just, you know, it's interesting. But I have made memories of, you know, playing video games with other people. So it's not too bad. I feel like I can cherish those moments.
2: Yeah, you got a pretty big social network, at least a lot of fans following you. And I know you got some good friends on the team. Uh, For me, like I remember being 17 years old, we would be playing Halo till 4 a.m. Then I would go into class at 830 and I would sleep through first period. Mr. Sluss would wake me up right before he was going to say something that was going to be on the test. And shout out to Mr. Sluss. Do you have any teachers that know about your pro career or do you keep that completely secret? How do you approach this balancing, you know, being a pro and also still being a student?
4: Yeah, I don't tell anyone. And like, even when we travel to LA, I just tell my teachers I'm missing school. That's it. Um, Yeah, no, none of my teachers know, I don't think. But I know some of my classmates know because in like, after we won first check, um, one of my classmates wrote 100T when in like the chat in the Zoom class. So it was pretty funny. And um, a couple of them in my like, IT class, uh, my Linux class or something like that. uh, They like, told me, uh, yo, are you Asuna? And like, I got a couple of snaps. So, I mean, my, st- my, my classmates know, so, you know, but my teachers nah. I, I don't Your like have been them. outed.
2: Okay. Yeah. And then last question here, before we move on, Dan, cause I know we got a lot to get through today. Um, I, I guess just, I want to explain to people that you're not a dumb kid either. Like this is not a guy who's just giving up on school. We were talking about it beforehand. You're taking some hard classes, some AP courses. So yeah. what is the hardest class right now? What are you excited to never have to learn about again after high school is over? I know you're a <laughs> senior right now.
4: Yeah, uh, man. I was going to do computer science uh, major if I didn't go pro. So at the moment, I'm taking AP uh, computer science and also some Linux classes and then AP macroeconomics, but I'd say the AP computer science class is really hard because I kind of just like, like it takes a lot of effort and practice to learn like Java and stuff. And I kind of just mm-hmm. gave up, I'd say. So it's kind of just like fell behind and now was just like, you know, class that, yeah. But I mean, I had plans until 100 Thieves came up in October. So like I was keeping up with all my work, but then like that class specifically, I mean, I'll do all the work at some point. It's just it's going to take like a week of just pure learning Java. Right. Like, like, yeah, during this like winter break, I plan on doing a lot of my assignments that I fell behind on. Because uh, my teacher right now, he's really lenient. He's like, you have all these assignments to do and you got until January, like the end of January. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's pretty chill with him, but yeah, I still need to do that. That's probably the hardest class. And I'm AP macroeconomics is also really hard, like really hard because the concepts, yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> feel you there. Well, <clears throat> I hated you guys. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. Do you have like, um? so obviously you said like when 100 Thieves came along, you know, things kind of changed a little bit. Do you have like a different view of your future now? Like is yeah. esports something that you could see that I'm going to do this until I am sort of, well, for the next 10, 20 years. I, I would like to be doing this for the next 10, 20 years. Or how do you view your kind of longer term future now?
4: Yeah, I feel like it definitely made me consider this more as an option. I mean, I consider it a lot more when I signed to Mortals, I'd say. And ever since then, I've been just, like, gradually thinking about it more. Um, I don't really know where I'll go. But, I mean, yeah, I, I just want to experience this. And then, like, I'll decide, like, probably in, like, a year or so, like, if I want to fully commit. Because, uh, like, right now, technically, I'm doing this, like, part-time, if you really think about it. Like, you know, I'm doing student and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, but, yeah, no. I definitely... Dif- It did change my perception than like a year ago when I was like just playing ESCA CS and whatnot.
2: Well, I think you can also just realize that you have the opportunity, you have the skill to pursue it if this is a passion, but also you have a fantastic org behind you and you got people like Courage JD. Uh, Courage was my intern at Major League Gaming before he became the internet sensation that took over Twitch and now YouTube. And I, I feel like he's a guy you can definitely go to and talk about it. And Nate shot as well, because they both did the same thing, grinding through high school, being a pro player or a content creator, and then turning it into a career. They can give you a lot of great guidance there and courage and got to give him a shout out. He continued to do all of the content creation while also going to college. So don't let someone tell you you have to choose one road or the other. You can pave your own path and do it as, as long or take as much yeah. time as you need to do it.
4: Yeah, I think Kerrigan, um, he's one of those players that also like went to college and played CS. I kind of like when I was, when I got signs of morals, I actually went back and tried to do as like much research on him as possible to find out like what his path was. Not like, cause I'm a fan or anything. It's just cause I was just curious how he did it. And, like, I don't mm-hmm. know. just cool to see someone like actually do it, like play on a, when he was on Astralis and everything. Yeah.
3: He's going to, wasn't it like, um, economics as well? Like he did, he did like a master's in while he yeah. was, I think it was
4: economics. I don't know yeah, what class was... but I just know like he did it like when he was flying, he'd just have to like turn in papers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he did that like when he was playing tournaments and stuff. Like he didn't have to show up, luckily. So it made it possible for him. But yeah. Grinder.
3: Yeah, Kerrigan's definitely Kerrigan's really awesome. I remember doing a podcast with him. He's he's great to talk to about everything. Um yeah, no. definitely one of my favorite people from the world of CS. Uh but speaking of the world of CS, was that your first competitive experience um in terms of just, well, I, maybe even your life. I, it sounds like you, you're not doing anything in, in a relating to sports. Um, you said you weren't doing anything like extracurricular. So yeah. it was this like the first like proper competitive experience you had?
4: Yeah, uh, playing esports is definitely my first competitive experience. I, I mean, I tried out every single sport. My dad like, you know, see if I had like some innate talent, you know, for the sport, you know, but I mean, I never got into any where I played on a team or anything. So yeah, uh, I think CS and like Valorant is my first.
1: You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need, that's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. It's their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
4: And who introduced you to CS? Like, how did how did that oh, yeah. come about? I think uh, everyone has like an older cousin or brother that introduces you. So yeah, I had a, my older cousin who lives right above me, because I live in New York City, so we have a lot of people in our house. You're He's in my kinda city like a, bro. Yeah.
2: Where are you at in the city? I'm in Queens. Hell yeah. I'm in Manhattan. We're going to have to hang out sometime.
4: All right. Once yeah. this whole pandemic goes away. Sorry. Continue. Yeah, he's kind of like my brother, you could say. Um, And he gave me his, CS, his Steam account, which had CS in like September 2014 when it was getting like really popular. I stopped playing. I was like Gold Nova 2 or something. And then three months later, it started like picking up traction because like the gambling scene, like I don't know why, but everyone just loved the gambling. So people started playing the game more and I got the game on my own Steam account. And I started playing December 2014 like Pretty
3: much sixth grade, yeah. Nice.
2: How quickly did you rise the ranks in CS? I
4: guess, like, did you start
2: matchmaking? Did you jump right into the competitive world? How did this start for you?
4: Oh, my December 2014, I played with a bunch of, like, because I was playing Roblox beforehand. So I got a bunch of my Roblox friends to play with me. So we, we played for, like, seven months, like, straight, just hard grinding. And we got to, like, Supreme, and then seventh grade as well we just kept playing we only played mm and it was just like fun i got like 2k hours in like two years and then i stopped in eighth grade because i got like a social life and like started going outside more i just didn't find games enjoyable and then yeah i don't know not really much to say no that's awesome i don't want to like keep going on a rant about my entire career so <laughs> uh, do it that's why we're here that's why we're oh, okay. bringing you on the I, show
2: we want to learn about this man we want the community to know about you <laughs>
4: And then when I graduated middle school, I was going to a new school with like only two of my friends. I was kind of just bored in the summer. I was just like playing video games. And uh, I decayed a lot because I didn't play for a whole year. I was like DMG. And then someone like who played uh, ESCA saw me, thought I was good, introduced me to ESCA and everything. Because I mean, I had an ESCA account. I just didn't play it at all because I didn't like really see the difference. And then um, I started grinding really hard freshman year high school. I played like 200 pugs every month, like it was pretty bad. But then I got to like A plus and rank G in like six months. And then when I made the name switch, which was around January uh, 2017, I think I don't really know. It's been when so many years. You got your years. anime powers. Yeah. <laughs> and then like when I hit rank G, uh, which is kind of like you kind of, kind of, you kind of made it. I don't know how to explain it, but like in the pug world. So like people started knowing me from that. And like I decided to go pro, I guess, like around August uh somewhere like uh three years ago now, three and a half years ago now. So it's been like three and a half years of grinding, I'd say. But yeah. And it's just been a upwards trajectory from there.
3: What do you, what do you think sort of separates your your kind of path to a lot of the other people that you were, you know, ranking up with and against? Because obviously like when you when you get to a professional level, you're, you're going past a lot of other people that are trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So there's there's going to be something or some qualities about you that probably separate you and, and you can attribute to maybe some of your success in that sense. Um, is there anything like that that you noticed about yourself? Where you're like, I'm just better at these things or I just have mm-hmm. you know really good tendencies for, for the game in these ways?
4: I think a lot of people just don't like put in the time, in all honesty. I think... A lot of people have, like, stuff to do, like, other responsibilities, but, like, all I had was school and then, like, literally from 3 to 11 or 3 to 12, like, 9 hours a day just playing. So, I just had a lot of time on my hands and, like, I literally didn't do anything else but besides play video games with my friends. And, luckily, my friends are also there, so it makes it enjoyable. I mean, yeah, I just think it's just the amount of time you put in, but, like... It also has something to do with, like, talent, I'd say. Because, like, I don't know. In my sci-fi class, we started getting into determinism. I don't know if you guys know, it took psychology. But Teach determinism us. determinism, and free will and, like, how everything is determined in your life. I don't know. This is just interesting to think about. But I started thinking about, like, how everything's like, determined in your life. And I don't know. It's interesting to think, like, how one decision in my life just changes, like, my entire trajectory, I guess you could say. So it makes me think if, like, I was destined to do this, you know. But I don't know. I like that
2: thought. Do you do you feel sometimes like you're destined to do this? Is this is this who well, I mean, you are?
4: I mean, if you do it at a young age, I feel like you're kind of like you have some kind of talent, right? Because like mm-hmm. not every 17-year-old most likely can do this. Um, obviously I'm fortunate that my parents are like pretty uh well, they weren't chill with this at all at the start, obviously, like freshman <laughs> sophomore year. But now they're like yeah, but I unfortunately I didn't have like too many like circumstances where it would prevent me like I I didn't have to get a job or anything which would have like stopped me. But yeah, I mean yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, you're filling up the bank account somehow. Doesn't yeah. doesn't matter if it's coming from gaming, right? I love that. Well, I I think it's awesome and you and you got a great perspective on things. Um going through kind of you know your cs world when did you end up on your first competitive team like when did you oh. first solidify what age were you how long were you playing with them give us that background
4: okay so it was um around so i told you about my roblox friends i played with all of them but i we had to drop some because we were like getting really fa- good fast so i only stuck with like two of them um and we, they had an open team. They were still playing, even when I quit in eighth grade. And when I was entering ninth grade, they actually had an open team, an ESA open team. Um, So we just uh, – they saw I was playing, and they, like, invited me, and we started to just play, like, you know. And we started scrimming, and, yeah, that was my first competitive experience. I think I was 14 at the time, and it was freshman year. I think uh, – I don't know how how long it was. That was three years now. So it was like probably September 2017, around there. Yeah, I think I made my name change. I said earlier, I made my name change January 2017. I think it was January 2018, actually. Dates, okay. you know, the time flies by really fast. But right. Yeah, so and I think it was, yeah. Did you was, run into any
2: current Valorant players or top tier players when you were in that world? Or when did you uh, get to meet the kind of the guys you're playing against now?
4: Oh, let me think. I mean, I guess I met. I mean, none of them are Tier 1. I think I'm, like, the only one that, like, played MDL in CS, like, at a lower level. Like, I know Wardell and, like, them, they played MDL, but they didn't, like... They already had, they were, like, Tier 2, and they were, like... Most people knew them. They were, like, actually good. You know what I mean? But I was, like, in advance when they were, like, you know, semi-pro, I'd say. Um. So, I mean, I can't really think any off the top of my head right now that are, like... I mean, I guess I'm, like, Caboose. He's, like, the... Yeah, I mean... I would have to look at the teams right now to just see if I can find any names, but like, right. Feel, I'm sure they've
2: all changed names as well since then.
4: <laughs> I mean, like Gen G actually. Yeah. That's the only team I think where like I knew them somewhat from like rank G pretty early on, but then like Sabrosa, FNS, you know, Ordell, all like them, they were like at a different level. They were like, they were like tier two. And then we were like tier three and below, like, you know, they were just on a, you know, different spectrum i guess right. you could say yeah but not if you, if you oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say but not like gen g like uh i definitely knew like when mikhail and like because they played um they played uh rank g a lot and i i was grinding that at the time so i met them but if i went through a couple more like tier two teams i definitely would meet a lot like i know x has pure i played a lot with him and then yeah
3: yeah, I was going to mention that like one of the interesting things coming from CS to Valorant is that in CS, obviously the kind of ecosystem became quite established. You know, you had your tier one teams, as you said, you had your tier two and it's kind of hard to kind of jump up and yeah. maybe you wouldn't have the the resources from the org or the invites for the tournaments or you, know, you just couldn't get the experience maybe necessarily or you're, you, you know, you're not in the right system. Like, There's lots of different things that could kind of block you or hinder your progress from kind of making those leaps. But do you feel like there's a lot of players in CS that can come to Valorant that were capable of being tier one if they had the opportunity? It's just that eventually, you know, there's only so many opportunities. And do you feel like Valorant gives uh, people like such as yourself? Because, for example, you know, you're in the tier one level in Valorant right now and you're thriving there. So, you know, do you think that that if you had had the opportunity in CS, that would have been the same story?
4: Uh, I think I wouldn't have made a tier one in CS like this quickly. Like, I don't. I told myself I would stop pursuing this around like if I graduated senior year. Um, okay. And I think tier one CSGO is just like really gatekeeped uh, a gatekeep lot. I couldn't make it into FPL even though I made the minor and like I won MDL just because like the face admins didn't like me or something. And so like I feel like just that notion where if you aren't friends with the right people, you just can't make it in into tier one CS scene. I think if I kept pursuing this for like another two years, I would have like made it. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was 17 and I like won MDL or I was 16 when I won MDL, made the minor and stuff like that. So I think like if I kept going, I would have probably made it in CS, especially now with the scene being kind of like dead in NA specifically. They would have to like make some, uh, some teams would make like some adjustments and like they'll pick up the remnants that are left. Like I know CXEI is a good example. He stuck with CS. I don't know if you guys know him, but he played with G. Earlier this year, so he's like getting his own fair of uh, success. Success, yeah.
2: Dude, you've accomplished so much at just 17 years old. It blows my mind. It's awesome to hear. I feel like you're our young Olympian. You're like Simone Biles, except in a red shirt from 100 Thieves. Uh, <laughs> what are you most proud of? Before I guess looking back at your CS career, is it winning the MDL? Was it finding yeah. your way onto a team that where you could make money? What What was the biggest accomplishment for you?
4: I think uh, winning with your friends is probably like the base accomplishment I could ever hope for. I, I think it's really good to like win, like winning this first hike was really fun and everything, but I've only known the guys for two months. They're not like my best friends for years. You know what I mean? Even Dicey, the longest player i would known on the team, was, like, six months. So, like, I don't know these guys for, like, too long. I can't – I don't think I've got the bond with them yet. Like, man, we went through all of this grind just to reach this point. I think the best one I ever got was probably, like, my ESCA Advanced one, which is, like, a year ago from now. Just because, like, I went with my friends and, like, it meant a lot at the time. And then also on top of that, like, what was I going to say? Oh, man, I had a nice, good dog going. Uh, I don't know anymore. But, yeah, I like – your friends is sweet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely that. Uh, But I feel like the goal is to be like winning with people that you care about. Obviously, I care about my teammates. Obviously, but like you know, I once I get to know them better, the win will mean a lot more. I think like winning. uh, If I'm still with these guys in a year from now, winning with them will mean just as much, probably. But yeah, and also being like the underdog. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. If you win as the underdog, it just feels a different way. I think. And when we won in ESA Advanced. It definitely like felt a lot better than like going into this tournament. It's like, oh, the favorites for first strike is Hundred Thieves, Envy, TSM, Sentinels. It's pretty clear, you know, one of those teams are gonna win. And right. then like obviously our fans are predicting us, so I saw a lot of people predicting us to win. So it definitely felt like when we won, it was like, oh, it's expected, you know. It was just like another uh, wow. You felt was an
2: expectation. Okay.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a a lot of pressure to live up to. I want to give a real quick shout-out, Dan, to Pat is doing stuff in the chat. And I want to encourage more people to be like Pat. Ask your questions, not only here on chat, but also we've now got a new system on Twitter, guys. If you use the hashtag today, Ask Asana. we will be going through your questions on Twitter. We'll be giving you a shout-out, as always, and we will be asking those at the end of the show. This one I'm going to jump in, though, because you mentioned you know, you, you're you probably closest with Dicey. You were playing with him before you guys joined 100T together. So yeah. how did you guys find each other? How did you gel together so quickly?
4: Mm-hmm. Um, I found them through uh, one of the tier two players called Equinox Mina. He's like a Vietnamese player and he like, just like loves Vietnamese players, I guess you could say. And he found Dicey. He's like uh, also Vietnamese. So they like were friends and then, uh, he introduced me to him, and we started pugging. I thought he was pretty good. And then on Immortals, we needed a jet upper, and uh, he's like the first name that came into my head. Gumba also like suggested him. He's our he was our Immortals coach, and uh, he suggested Yo should we pick up this dicey guy. He played pretty well on prospects, which was a tier two orgless team, mm-hmm. and we gave him a tryout, and he did well, and we picked him up just like that. And before then, we were pugging a lot. We just uh, played ranked all day. It was pretty. Uh, you know, I enjoyed being with him, and we just bonded pretty well because we had like similar interests. It worked out nicely. Nice,
3: nice. <laughs> it's um, it's always it's always interesting to seeing you know seeing like these uh, kind of partnerships uh, coming up. And and one thing that's interesting, um, you know, going from you know some of your past experiences in competition, you know, right now you're kind of you're you've been thrust into this tier one level, and you you know, obviously you guys managed to win what is the biggest tournament we've had so far in, in Valorant in its short six months alive. And it, you know, looking into the future, presumably we'll return to lands at some point, one mm-hmm. would hope. Um, is yep. that something that you're in any way concerned about? Because, I mean, obviously you're on a team with three players that have an insane amount of LAN experience, mm-hmm. but is that something that you think could be an issue? Um, as for, for some people, it's, it does take some um, getting used to.
4: Um, I well, I I didn't tell you guys this, but I did go to lands when I was like fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. So uh, I've been to three lands, four lands, I think. Uh, one in Philly, one in Washington, and one in Boston. Nice. So I've went to a couple of lands. Obviously, they were like one K, two K lands. You know, nothing like you know hundred K lands. It was just like your local lands where tier two CSGO players would go. Um, so I've been to some lands. I think having Nitro, Hiko, and Steel. Definitely, like helps out, so it won't be that bad. And I feel like uh, everyone in Valorant is also in the same position as me. Like they haven't been to as many lands as, like you know, as the rest of my teammates. So like they're not like seasoned veterans. Obviously, some of them are, but some of them it's also like their first time being on a tier one team. And um, I think I won't be in the same boat. So like it'll like you know, if I am nervous, it'll equal itself out because I'm assuming the other team will also be nervous. So it definitely. Right.
2: Are you excited about the idea of playing in front of people or are you just loving life playing kind of from the comfort of home right now?
4: Uh, I definitely like playing at the comfort of my home. I think most people would, but I mean, I kind of like when I think about land, I kind of want to just like visit the cities. That seems like the best thing really to do there. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean the fans, that's cool and all. Yeah. That that might be amazing. I don't know. Haven't experienced it, but I think like, yeah, like uh, I travel a lot sometimes with my mom and like, Going to museums and stuff, that's like really interesting and seeing like, you know, buildings and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just like, I want to do that when I go to LANs.
2: Dan, I don't know about you, but I started when I was 17. MLG would put me on a plane every month and I got to see 12 different cities that first year and it kind of opened my eyes. I was like, okay, Ohio's kind of cool, but these other places are way cooler. <laughs> you kind of also, I feel like you're growing up in the greatest place on earth You're in New York City. You have everything at your fingertips, <laughs> yeah. but there's still so much more out. there. so much uh, more to explore. Dan, did you do the same thing? Like, when did you start traveling for your career?
3: Um. I think my first lands were. I, I had some issues actually because I was too young to attend some tournaments when I first wanted to go <clears throat> to lands, but when was good enough? It's like 2005 or so. Was uh, so two I was too landing properly to, to, until 2006, 7, 8, um, 9, and 10, and I started traveling. I think the my first international land I played at a CPL, CPL Singapore. Okay. And I was, uh, <laughs> so that was a pretty far, far away for the first one. Yeah. Um. It's It's funny actually because. Um, I was one of those people that didn 't acclimatize too well to the first international land experience, and I ended up losing against an opponent and not making top four because even though I was like, really far ahead, I got like into this like mental haze of just like not knowing what I was doing and and I just like just threw away the game even though I was panic. in a massive lead yeah so so it's kind of traumatic from that perspective <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah,
4: it, it's it's uh, pretty special for sure. Yeah, hopefully I won't have a similar story like yours. <laughs> no, yeah. you're going to be great. You're going to yeah. be great.
2: Uh, where, Where's the one place you most are excited to visit? Do you want to leave the U.S.? Is there somewhere in Asia you want to check out, or is it a city here in the States?
4: I mean, before well, I you think of Korea, right? So, like, probably there. I haven't been to uh, any Asian country, just mainly go to Europe right now. So, it'd be cool to experience like that
2: i haven't been to seoul yet that's on my hit list i'm like i've been in esports for way too long to not be in seoul i need to go check that <laughs> out as soon as the, we get the vaccines seoul we're coming for you
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah japan as well man as well as south korea why is i haven't been there yet of all the it's just
0: yeah
4: i think uh, uh living life dappy. would probably have to visit some of those countries i think that's like definitely one of my goals
3: yeah, it's. I feel like with Valorant, we'll get more of an opportunity. Like, CS wasn't really that big in in Asia. Um, some of those reason, regions in particular. And I think also Japan, I mean, for those in, in chat, maybe maybe you guys know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they had something that kind of stifled the esports scene a lot. Obviously, they had a really strong arcade culture. But I think they had some laws around um, gambling that also encompassed prize pools in, in anything gaming related. And I think that that restriction created... situation whereby like you couldn't really hold tournaments there without having like running into this huge government roadblock so i i think that's how it went down and that's why the scene kind of was uh, has been slowed down a lot but but obviously now we've got obviously you know a lot of really good teams in asia and Mm -hmm. japan in particular has got some talent so hopefully we get some some reasons to go to japan for valor and that'd be sick that would be amazing i'm going skiing as well right after
2: yeah all right, yeah, so I Dan, we got to talk about the mechanics here, because uh, that's what the chat's talking about. Asana, is that the freak? Is that him? Yeah, it's him, guys. He's <laughs> on the show. This is what he actually looks like in person. So, Asana, can we talk about your mechanics? Because you told us you drilled in Roblox, right? Uh, which is basically watered down Minecraft. Did I get that right? I'm a boomer. I never played it.
4: Sure, sure. I mean, there's okay. a lot of games there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. And then you move on to CS. That's where you you really kind of break out as a star. You win in the MDL, a huge accomplishment at the age of 16. What transferred over from your CS game to Valorant and what did you have to pick up along the way?
4: Um I think I was lucky where I didn't get ingrained in like the CS habits like a lot of these like seasoned players will have. I just kind of like I was I learned the fundamentals of like just playing an FPS game and I didn't have to learn any of like the I guess, like, stuff that CS players will have to learn specifically for, like, you know, um, the game that they are playing. So I learned a lot of, like, you know, just, like, the fundamentals, like, trading, peaking, like, how to play off one another, like, a lot better in MDL. Because, like, I mean, you learn it when you play the game, but it's way different at a higher level. And um, I feel like in Valorant, it it made it a lot easier to transition, knowing, like, how to play an FPS game. But I didn't get any of, like, the bad habits that would, like, carry over. Like, it was pretty easy for me to adjust, like, how to aim in this game, I'd say. Specifically, like, I see a lot of players, like, stopping when they shoot in this game. You don't really have to do that as much. Um, You can just, like, let it go or even, like, crouch and, like, still keep moving. So I feel like a lot of the CS mechanics that are carried over to the Valorant, like, I was able to, like, transition pretty easily because I haven't been, like, that, like, it hasn't been ingrained in me as much. And um, the ability usage, I feel like, it was definitely hard because, like, you know, I've never played any other game besides CS. And then, like, abilities like those, like, definitely have to do a lot of thinking. I think it would be, like, be a lot easier if you came from, like, Overwatch or something, like Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Probably is easier for him to, like, visualize how these abilities should be used. But luckily, when I got picked up on Immortals, I had an Overwatch coach, Gumba. So he, like, helped explain abilities a lot, like, a lot better. And, like, we just, like, you know, we improved a lot because of him on our, like, ability usage and, like, stuff like only Overwatch players would know, really. Yeah,
2: you guys actually had a great one there, Gumba. Shout out to you, man, if you're watching the stream. (laughs) I remember all of his work he did for the Overwatch League, and he was representing Team Australia at the World Cup at the Wizards' biggest events. Like, he's been there, and then... To see what he was building on Immortals was really impressive. Unfortunately, you didn't stick with him on that roster, but I love that he was able to kind of accelerate the play. Did you find a specific agent that you gravitated to right out of CS? Like, walk me through with the first couple. Where did you transition character to character?
4: Um, I didn't want to be like, I don't know why, but I wanted to be more of a support player. I didn't want to be like a star player duelist, because I felt like that was too like self uh, selfish. So I started playing Sage, because also she was like, overpowered in beta so like yeah. i thought the best player should probably play sage and like know what to do and like you know uh, so i picked sage and started playing her a lot and then she got nerfed 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 so then i just like went to raise and then by that point we were um and also when i joined immortals they already had a sage player so it was like kind of awkward so then like i had to switch over to raise so then i started playing raise a lot more and like I liked her a lot more, like a lot more. It felt like it fit me a lot more. So then I feel like, uh, yeah, I probably just grabbed toward, towards Raze and then like Reyna came out and then like I saw Drone playing Phoenix. I tried that out, you know, but I think Raze was probably my most fun or Reyna.
2: Who do you think you have most hours on now today?
4: Reyna probably, but that's just because like I played a Rays a lot and now Reyna is just like, it's also good for Pugs really if you're just trying to like win and like carry the team. So the healing you get is a lot better because then you can just win every fight and then you just heal back up and you're good for another fight so like rain is just if you want to just carry yourself to like number one or jet
3: so with with that said you know how did like once you got signed to 100 Thieves, you know you've already got this experience from immortals mm-hmm. and you know you've, you've already kind of made that combo with with dicey so you guys have a good thing going and you know 100 these you know, I was actually speaking to Steele back when he was looking for players to fill out those last two spots, and and um, he was asking me if I'd seen any you know up and coming talent or anyone you know that he should know about, and and he he's saying that basically he was just looking for like two cracked like young kids, basically <laughs> uh, two people that can just frag um, because yeah. they have all of the other bases covered really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seemed like you and and Dicey were really a perfect fit in that sense, uh, both yeah. fit that bill, and and you know, so how how was that process of kind of I don't know if you were, were you approached by, by Steel or somebody else? Like, was there a trial period? How did it
4: work? Uh, I got approached by Hiko. Um, he just messaged me like, yo, we're looking for two players and uh, we have a core three right now. If you're interested to try out, you know, just hit us up. I responded. Then we trialed for like three days. I The only scrim I remember from that trial period is against TSM before the op nerf. We actually took a map off them on buying in the scrimp. But it's a script, so, like, who cares, really? But, I mean, I feel like that kind of convinced them from then on. And I thought, like, from... It was, like, early September. So, mm-hmm. then that was our trial period. And then they tried out a bunch of other people. I don't really... I remember, like, seeing leaks of, like, I think, Ambox Boy. he tried out, Ooh. I think. But I saw that as a leak. So, I was like, oh, man, that's, like, my competition right there, you know? <laughs> so, um- but then after a while, we... um got the spot like they like confirmed it late september they're like yeah we want to play with you guys and then you guys will get like another week of trial and we'll see if like you guys are the fit but you know we did well we tried out again and we got the spot and then we signed october 3rd i think so were you on a
2: contract with the mortals at the time was that just like a temporary contract how did that transition go from going from one org to the other
4: um immortals yeah i was still with them and then um I think uh hundred thieves had to buy me out of that contract, and then yeah,
2: okay. And and Max, uh, shout out to Max Seven X on Twitter. He wants to know how was the whole experience of joining Hundred T. Were you excited about it? Like, was this a brand that you're familiar with before you joined them? What was that whole process like?
4: Um, I actually didn't know anything about Hundred Thieves or their history. Really? I re- yeah, I didn't. I don't really follow any of their like. I don't follow any org actually. So, I mean. I had to, just so I could be equated with, like, their history, I just, like, watched the documentary of their entire history and just, like, made sure I understood what was happening. And I, like, kind of got the, like, after seeing what people wrote, oh, we finally have a good esports team, I kind of understood why they thought that. So, (laughs) I mean, yeah. But it was kind of interesting going into 100Ds because, like, you know, you have three really good players. Those came from, like, CS. And, like, Kiku has been playing since, like, day one. So, I mean, I didn't really, like, look at them as like idols or anything because again I, the only like idol i've ever had in my career is like people i compare myself to which was like 10 som and oboe i think those are the only three players i've ever like compared myself and that's because like they're similar in age besides that i've never like looked up at anyone really so yeah
3: yeah that's that's that was actually a question i was going to ask you if there was a any players that sort of you yeah. when you were kind of uh, before you'd made it, any players you'd looked at who were professional, yeah. though, and you're like, ah, oh, man, that that guy, like okay. it's not that you want to be that guy, but like you're really inspired by mm-hmm. someone in particular. So I guess that answers that question.
4: Yeah, I think I'll just elaborate a little bit more. I just saw like uh, most people, like when they were blowing up ten saw and Oboe, like they're like my age. Obo is like a month older than me, and I was like, man here, and he made it. and I'm like, here, like I'm kind of like falling behind. So it was like interesting <laughs> to, yeah, just compare myself. I don't know if it's healthy or what, but I mean, I was just doing that at the time and I was like, man, these guys are already in FPL and I'm here like struggling in FPLC and like, you know, stuff like that, so. And hey, when man, you if say Psalm, it, it works. Are, are you talking
2: Psalm from Dignitas or? No,
4: uh, okay. the CS player on Energy? Got it, got it, okay. Yeah, I gonna say, S- dude, you older than you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, they both have like similar names. That's why I say Psalm just in case, like to give the differentiate like that. We appreciate you for that.
2: Oh, that's that's kind of awesome. I love that you kind of came in not knowing the brand. I I feel like it's it's equally exciting if you knew the brand, you knew Nade Shot's history, you came from the Call of Duty world. Like if you sign with Hunter T, like it is it's one of the coolest moments of your career. It's it's like (laughs) signing with Optic Gaming. Like they've got the sickest merch, they've got (laughs) the coolest brand, they do the coolest partnerships with with sponsors. And for you, it was just like, you know, this is this is the roster I want to win with. Um,
4: The only history I had with them was like their cs team which was like the australian players and obviously they like did really well i think in a one a major and then yeah it was unfortunate but i mean that was the only like the only thing i knew about them
2: excellent stuff yeah is it, it has it changed anything after you've joined them like are you talking with the staff a lot or is it just really you and the other four players on the team
4: um i do talk with the staff obviously but i mean like nature visited us a couple of times it was really cool um but i mean i just talk with the players cuz i'm like focusing on my work i guess you could say i don't really wanna you know like yeah
2: dude you're going to make millions of dollars like your brain is in
3: the right place 100% locked you I, <laughs> I love it i love it well when it when it came to like uh you know this experience of being on hundred these like well, if if you ignore the orgs themselves but just the experience as being a player on the on the five man roster, like what what are some of the differences compared to playing on like Immortals and playing on Triumph and so on in terms of just how it feels to be in the system of this team?
4: Yeah, I think um, the IGLing department, I guess you could say, on Immortals we were a lot more loose and puggy. On Triumph we were definitely a lot structured because my IGL back in Triumph was actually Steele's coach, so he stole oh. a lot from him, so it was very um, like. A lot of the stuff that Steele says to me is like what my old co- coach used to say, Sheik Zula. So it was kind of like funny because like every time where Steele would say something like uh, ping pong, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's just like to, it's like one of those like little niche things. And like, I learned that from Sheik Zula and CS and now I have Steele. So it was kind of like interesting to, you know, be with him and like learn from him because it felt like I was kind of reliving something with uh, Back in Triumph. That's
2: amazing. Um, Sorry, can we pause down? I need to know, what is ping pong?
4: uh, Ping pong is like when, so if you're trying to double swing an angle, one player says ping, and then the second player who's supposed to be swinging with you will say pong. And then that's like your cue to swing on the pong. It's a lot quicker than saying, you ready to peak? Three, two, one. Uh, It's instead like just ping, and then the other player knows he's waiting for your pong to swing so that you don't have to do a countdown instead. It's a lot quicker. That's awesome,
3: actually. Yeah, I know I haven't heard that before. That's great. Yeah,
4: I know Gen G uses it for sure because I've seen um, a couple of clips. But yeah, it's like you know one of those niche things that like some people use and like yeah. And then there's a lot of other terms, but yeah, that was just one of them.
3: Nice. That's a, that's a great tip for a lot of people out there. Um, <laughs> You're
4: well, not gonna be able to use it in ranked matches, though. So. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna maybe, make it popular. Not, right.
2: Everyone in ranked is now watching the show these days. So you just <laughs> give it two months here, Asuna. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay.
3: Well. You know, you know, you said that you know you're playing under uh, well, all of these veterans. Like, what is, has, has there been any sort of um, anything yet in terms of like wisdoms that have been imparted onto you by these guys? Because it because it, it, it must be a different feel compared mm-hmm. to playing with whoever you play with on Triumph. I'm forgetting the the roster, so apologies yeah. for that. Okay. But but there's a huge difference in ex- difference in experience.
4: I feel like the game that we're playing is a little different because like technically I'm. Um... Like, I don't want to be rude, but like, I know the game more than them at the, like, when I first joined the roster, because like, we're playing a different game. So like, at the start, I was teaching them stuff, but like, with their strats and like, stuff like that, they definitely have like, that CS background where they know like, what kind of map control we should take, what we should do off of this, like, stuff like that. But then like, with ability usage, I feel like me and Dicey helped them out a lot, like explaining some, like, like what people were doing beforehand, before they joined, like, what was the meta and like, what people were like, trending towards. So, like, it didn't feel like, like, uh, how do I explain? Like, they were overwhelming me with knowledge. It was more like they were just teaching me, like, the fundamentals of CS in a way. Like, but then I was teaching them how to, like, you know, ability usage in Valorant. But they knew that pretty well. They were, like, you know, Steel, like, has some sick Cypher 1-way cages now. Like, so, like, I feel like they definitely, like, grew. Like, it's interesting to see how they grew as players as well. Because, like, they just switched over from Valorant. Like, literally, I remember watching Nitro the first day of practice. And then, like, the second day, and there's already improvement, like, from the first day, which was insane to see. And, uh, yeah, I think that was, like, really interesting.
2: Also, Now, can we play a little game right now? Okay. Are you you ready? Don't be scared of this. Okay, so I'm going to name a player on your team. You have to give me three words that describe them, and you only have Uh, 10 (laughs) seconds per player. Are you ready?
4: Yeah, I guess. First name, Steel. Um, Smart, funny, uh... I don't know. Crazy.
2: That's very fitting. I like that. I like that. What about Mr. Hiko?
4: Uh, calm, clutch, collected. I don't know. Anything with clutch really? Nitro? <laughs> uh dad. I don't know. Caring. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like he's the dad of the team base more than like the other two. I feel like Steel is more of our age and then like same with Hiko and then Nitro's the only one like Keeping us together.
2: <laughs> Does it hurt extra bad when you disappoint him?
4: Yeah, just Nitro, not the other two.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and uh hit me up with some dicey.
4: Oh, uh I don't know. He's like man, I can't really think of anything. Uh, loud, energetic, funny, I guess. I don't know. Asana. Me? Oh. Bad, not good. And uh <laughs> watches anime. That's a little bit more than a couple words, but you're welcome.
2: Yo, we're gonna we're gonna fix this thing. You you gotta stop being so humble. I'm gonna build out your brand. I'm gonna be working with Nade Shop. We're gonna have a whole Asana clothing line. Everyone's gonna have anime name tags and we're gonna switch all of our Twitter profiles. We're taking over the world, Asana. It's happening. Okay. All right, Dan. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going back to to the doc. We ever run a show, by the way. Every episode, and then I just take us in the best and weirdest directions, and sometimes yeah, ruin our plans. But <laughs> I love it. Asuna, you've been a great guest so far, and the chat's loving it. Shout out to everyone in the chat again showing up here for Immortal Minds episode thirty one.
3: I'm just, uh, I just, I thought that it would be that Hiko would get the dad, dad tag, clutch dad, <laughs>
4: yeah, of the team,
3: but yeah, hey man. It's uh, you know what, like um, it's interesting with Nitro too because he's the, he's the biggest profile player from CS to Valorant, so it's it's really cool to see how he's fit, fit into the team. But uh, to to talk about First Strike a little bit, you know, you guys played of course TSM in the Grand Finals. I wanted to kind of touch on your roles a little bit, as obviously you're the duelist, and you know we we shared that tweet previously, which which kind of you know self described. You're saying that obviously as a duelist, your role is to get your your boomers into position to, to, to win the rounds and, yeah. you know, you're there to clear space and so on. And you, you tend to switch between, you know, Rainer, Raze and Phoenix, um, mm-hmm. depending on the map. And in the finals on the, on the first map, you played Rainer on split. Did, did you feel like, you know, Rainer, like what, why not like, you know, Raze on, on split, for example, for you, you know, what, why is it that, you know, you make that choice for Rainer?
4: Yeah, we didn't play split at all. And, um, so that was our perma band And we were like, since we had like such little time as a team, we had to like, at, during the morning of, like Kiko said, I remember he did an interview and he said in the morning of, he decided to ask the team if it'd be fine. He plays Raze instead of Breach because we were trying to do a Breach comp and I would play raise. So like initially it was planned that like I would play raise, but we, with the introduction of Icebox, we had to like scrap that idea and focus okay. on Icebox. And so... The morning of, we decided to run a three duelist comp, which would require a lot less like coordination and more individual skill. So, Hiko decided to play Raze, and I would play Reyna, and uh, yeah, there you go. But I think in the future, we might obviously want to go to like Hiko playing Breach, and I play Raze, because that definitely has a lot more potential than this comp. This comp's more like, if you're feeling it that day, you're going to win, but if you're not, you're going to just lose
2: yeah. That makes sense. I like it mm-hmm. flashy, but but not as consistent for you. Is is that your mentality? Are you always looking for consistency, or do you like just the, the comps that allow you to pop? <laughs>
4: I mean, I think uh, yeah, I mean, What's consistency is definitely side? better, right? I think uh, you would want consistency, though. No? I, I, I think guess. Uh,
2: I I feel like at sometimes though you can be consistent, but maybe you're not going to reach that same ceiling. It's kind of like fantasy football, you know. You got to take the risks sometimes, uh, depending on who your matchups against.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this game will ever transition where you have a different composition for a different team. But if it does, that'll be interesting and like we'll see how that like plays in. But at the moment, I think you want the comp that requires the most teamwork and the highest potential at the moment. But you know, you might want to choose a comp where for the tournament that you're playing, you want to play like like what we did where you play triple duelist and like you rely on a lot more individual skill. If like on a certain map you know that your like teamwork is just not on par and even though you practiced it for like two weeks before, you know that this comp will just be better because like all your players will be comfortable. All your players can like pop off.
3: Do you, so do you do anything besides just playing to, to get your, your aim warm or do any like technique or mechanics training like specifically, or is it just like, do you just like play a lot?
4: Oh uh, yeah. I just play a lot. And like, I do a lot of wrist exercises just in case, because like, it's important to keep your you know wrist healthy, hand healthy. Cause you know, I feel like this seems like, you don't know a lot about like the long-term health problems, I think. And uh, I think it's important to just like try to do whatever you can to like prevent any injuries. So like, I try my best to just like you'll see me doing like matches. I'll like do quote unquote jazz hands, which is just like, it feels so (laughs) nice to my hands. It's like, just get some nerves going. Um, And I don't know, just like, yeah. But besides that,
2: can i ask about arm placement so you come from roblox where i'm sure you don't need like hardcore mechanics and then you came (laughs) into cs so did you have to learn how to position your mouse did you just put your hand on a mouse and naturally that's the way you're still playing today um because a lot of people are struggling with this they're like how do i get out of silver how do i get out of gold and maybe they don't have the best usage of their their arm and, and are struggling with the core mechanics so what what tips would you give them if any to improve their accuracy moving forward?
4: Um, I feel like, oh, I use an L desk. So my entire, like, basically, like, wait, let me, like up to here, my entire arm's on the desk because I have an L desk. So, it, like, it's a lot easier. So it was definitely weird when I went to, like, the compound because, like, we, they didn't have L desks obviously. So was, I had to, you know, rethink uh, how to put my hand. But I don't think it'll, like, affect you that much. I feel like initially it might. But no matter what you choose to, like, you know, you, how you place your hand definitely will like – you'll gravitate tw- towards it and it'll be comfortable and it'll get to the point where like, oh, this is the best way for me because I've done it for so long. But I don't think at the end it will be like, man, your hand placement's bad. That's why you're like not the best player in the world. I think that's just like excuses at that point. I feel okay. like, yeah. And, but it and might help guess- you out.
2: And and going back to the, the wrist exercises, can you show us on camera? I know we're a podcast as well, so I'll try and describe what he's doing, (laughs) but what are the go-tos? What's the, what's the awesome routine?
4: I mean, there's a lot, you can just Google some, but I mean, I don't really, I just do that one mainly. And then like other ones, whenever, uh, my wrist just feels, you know, a little discomforting, but I mean, like you can roll it around and like whatnot, but yeah, I feel like it's definitely one of those things that like, I don't see a lot of talk about in the esports world because like, I don't know if it's like, you know, people are just afraid to talk about it or what, but I think it should like, Definitely get a lot more research on it because I think it'll be like one of those things where, like, in seventy years old, uh, these esports players have like you know wrist pains or something like that, yeah. which is just not normal. Or yeah, you know what I mean, like you know long ter- long term stuff. So
2: yeah, and I know we we've time. had a, a lot of orgs. I think like Astralis is one of the first to like throw resources behind their players yeah. and making sure it's not just you know their. Their in-game performance, but they're taking care of their health and also mental health. And, and it's good to see orgs coming behind it. But a lot of the, the players that are just grinding on matchmaking or just playing this game every day, you don't think about it. As Asuna said, tons of people out there who are giving you some tips, but learn how to flex that wrist before you get to the <laughs> carpal tunnel.
4: Yeah. Uh, we also have one in 100 Thieves, actually. So uh, he's like our you know, health practitioner. He's really good. Enjoy What's him. his name? Uh, Edward Cleanland. Well, That's Edward. his full name. <laughs>
3: shout
2: out
4: I'm to you yeah, but he's really and speaking
3: cool. speaking of like the the wrist stuff and so on you know your your uh, your aim looks like it looks like your wrist aimer with like a high sense mm-hmm. just just by watching you plays it, and like maybe even like um a fingertip bass player what what are you doing exactly do you have a really high sense what, what is your sense what's the setup like in that in that sense
4: yeah i have a really high sense and i have like a really small mouse pad because I've been using this mousepad for like six years now, which I don't think is good, but I am. Um, and like the tip I saw, I think like War Owl maybe, I don't know. He said like, mm-hmm. the way you find your sense is by doing, you're able to do a full, like, I'm pretty sure it's 180 on your across your mousepad or 360, but I'm pretty sure I did 360. And so like, I wanted to make sure where I can do a 360 with my left to right mousepad. And the problem is the smaller your mousepad is, the higher your sense is going to be. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't have a big mousepad, so I did that, and I had a high sense just like that, and I just stuck with, like, relatively high sense. And, yeah, I didn't even know, like, so my DPI right now is 1,400. I didn't even know that at the time when I was grinding, so I always thought, like, oh, I have a 400 or 800 DPI. Like, that's what it's, like, set to. It's normal, but, yeah, it was set to 1,400, I think, because <laughs> I didn't know how to, like, switch my Windows sense. So I had to, like, I think I changed my DPI instead of my Windows sense, and then that's how, like, I had a high sense. It's kind of just like, it just happened naturally—not naturally. It just happened by accident, and then like I just stuck with it. I never felt like discomfort or anything.
2: Ah, it's kind of fantastic. Mm. Like super no, high sensitivity. Like you were but... able to control it as well
4: as you do, <laughs> man. That's fantastic. <laughs>
3: yeah. Nice. Well, you know, we we uh, we talked a little bit about um, you know Raina, Um, You know, you previously mentioned that Rays is some is a is um, an agent that you. In- it sounds like I don't know if you if this is still the case now into a hundred Thieves, that you enjoy playing the most that fits your play style the most and that's uh, you know we saw you playing rays on binds um in that grand finals and you know is is there any times you're, you're picking a different jewel there you know this is obviously also the grand finals where you got that awesome ace uh, with yeah. the uh, i think a quad kill rocket i think uh, it was or it was at least like three hole. kills on the yeah. rocket
4: yeah um are we gonna watch the clip yeah yeah let's yeah, get the out. clip at the same time
2: all right, we're going okay, to get some audio on it as well. Also, while we're waiting, shout out to Pulsers by the way, on Twitter using the hashtag Ask Asuna. Why does he use such a small mouse pad and what can we do to get you a bigger one? Do you want <laughs> one for Christmas? Can we hook you no. up?
4: I, I don't know why, but I'm like scared to change my like, you know, setup. I just feel like okay. I'll get worse. <laughs> all right, We're not
2: going to mess with your system. It's working right now. All right, let's check out this clip.
5: DECORATE! NICE! NICE! DECORATE! Nice. NICE! One more! Shower, make a shower.
2: Okay,
4: yeah, Give yeah, me these! Give me out. Oh, <laughs> I'm doing it. Oh, s**t. <laughs> Where is he? Where <laughs> oh, is he? This cringe. Yeah, he usually defaults B, right? I'm airing in shower food. Yeah, this guy yeah. defaults B,
5: they bro. He might try have, to say the off, bro. I have a trip yeah. here, I mean, we're, we're and though. I have a camera on
4: garden. It's important we don't die. We have very yeah, s**t money. Uh,
5: no Yo, we're,
4: we're hello, bro, guys. <laughs> I can join you. Peter but can get PS, but no one else can do anything. No one else can do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. You want me to join you through you're short here? red right side, nice! oh, you. You know me. Peter, well, cool. That was the oh, sickest thing I think I've ever seen in this game. <laughs> I think that's a top one play of the year. Play flash have a flash
2: play of the year, baby. What was <laughs> yeah, what dude, was going on so there? Awesome. It seemed like you guys were in great moods. Hiko's trying to remind you guys to take it a little serious. we got to worry about the econ. But then you got steel, the cheerleader, saying, OK, go for it, bud. <laughs> does, this, does this happen often?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think we were in good moods after we won the split because we—I'll be honest—we went into that match thinking, yeah, we lost split, we're down 0-1. All right, next map, mind—we need to focus on that. And we even let them like pick split first because we wanted to like—we didn't want to play our map and then lose it possibly, and then like lose split and then be down 0-2. Okay. So we like let split go first, and then like since we won it, we knew like we won the series right there, kind of. You know, I feel like that split map winning it just like killed tsm because it's like wow we just lost to their perma ban and then our move's really good i think uh you see like you know dicey hyping me up you see the team hyping me up uh but yeah specifically dicey because he's an energetic little crackhead and then um kiko <laughs> uh the calm guy like i said earlier he's like yo guys are uh, money you know like killing the vibes but then still bringing the vibes back up <laughs> but yeah
2: Go get it, go get it. And a reminder, guys, tweet your questions right now using the hashtag AskAsana. Do it on Twitter. Do us a favor. Tag Immortal Minds as well. We're we're growing to social as we continue to grow here on Twitch as well. And I know we got a lot of time at the end of the show carved out for these questions for you. A lot to talk about, though, in First Strike, Dan, still, and and also with everything wrapping up here for 2020.
3: Yeah, for sure. I, I think, um you know, some of the last things, though, with, with First Strike is, you know, we talked, you know, already about, you know, your role as a duelist and sort of, I mean, it's not super complicated. Um, is there any, any nuance, you know, coming into 100 Thieves uh, in terms of your role as a duelist that changed? Obviously, you know, we already said that you play Rain and Rays, you know, Phoenix, depending on the map, like, you know, Phoenix made an appearance on Haven. And honestly, you ran through TSM like a tank. But like the amount of space you were able to, to grab was pretty insane. Um, so so any anything that changed going into 100 Thieves on the duelist and in that... Uh, grand finals in particular you know how did how did it feel kind of you know going through the paces on your role
4: um are you talking about like when i transitioned from immortals to 100 thieves like as a duelist or are you talking about like uh, like what exactly sorry
3: yeah yeah so so going into 100 thieves like like did it obviously the role of a duelist is pretty similar but in hmm. terms of being in the system yeah, with yeah. 100 thieves did it feel different
4: okay yeah i feel like i have a lot more I guess I don't want to discredit my demons, but I have a lot more confidence with like Hiko, Steel and Nitro to clutch out the round, especially even Dicey. Like I've seen them clutch out so many times in scrims where they, it's at the point where like they clutch it out and we start telling ourselves, yeah, we lost that round. They shouldn't have clutched that out. Like in scrims, like we count that as like a loss and we will like, okay. even though we won the round and they clutched it out, it's like, yeah, that's not good. We, we, why are we putting ourselves in a position where Hiko has to clutch it out in a scrim? And I thought that was really funny. And, um, yeah, like, I feel like the space I'm creating is due to the fact that I trust my teammates so much. So, like, even if I die 4v5, they'll still win the round. Not because of the space I created, just because they're just insane. Like, I could die at the start of the round, and I'll be like, wow, I died. All right, the team still got this, don't worry. Like, that's how it feels when I'm on this team, at least.
3: It was... I mean, this, this is an interesting one, because this is like a sports psychology thing, but, like, <laughs> is there anything going through your heads when you're making these moves let's say you know you you are playing phoenix on haven and you you, you've popped the runner back or you're not popping the runner back you're just using the the curveball flashes to get around the the corners and you're creating space you know charging through garage or clearing through b and you're you're trying to make that first blood and create and create that space for the team like is there what's going through your head in those moments because because it does look like you're supremely confident Mm
4: -hmm. yeah i think uh well, I'm usually following, like, a strat that Josh or, like, a play that I've done numerous times. um. So it doesn't feel like I'm out of place or, like, feels like I'm just doing another play that we've done a lot of times. Like, a lot of these pushes I'd make are, I'd say, like, generally well calculated by Steel. And he, like, allows me to, you know, make these plays. And he, like, luckily I have an IGL that, like, allows me to play in my comfort. So, I mean, yeah.
3: Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's working. It, it looks pretty pretty incredible sometimes just like the like the amount of space you're able to gain and some of the kills you're able to eke out and I like the point you made about the clutching with this team too that it's it's, it's great because it's it's obviously not the focus and you guys aren't make making any sort of outcome oriented judgments based on oh we won that round but it came down to a clutch so we did something wrong that's a great yeah. mentality and what's really interesting is that in that TSM finals the TSM had way better positions overall statistically if you look at it in terms of how things went down across the series, but you guys won so many important clutches, and so it's amazing that you have that to be able to draw from at the same time. Because I have to say, like I think a hundred these now kind of takes takes it for the amount of clutches that I've seen as well out of a team in any kind of matchup. So, and I think before I may have may have given that to Sentinels, maybe um, possibly, but now it's definitely you guys. So it's 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 kind of scary going forward. You know what what is there left to improve on? In terms of hundred these, like are you guys, just like like where what is the next area that you're focusing on a lot? Are you looking at maps in particular? Obviously, you're having a break right now, but but where do you see your weaknesses?
4: I think our weaknesses are like more map specific. Like I said earlier, split and icebox. We still have to work on those two maps. I think all the other three maps were pretty. Like I mean, well, we definitely want to be more fleshed out. We definitely want to feel like strategically, we're still not at a good point. Personally, mm-hmm. I think individually, we're all like insane. It's like really great that we have five good players on a team. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like a miracle, say. Like, no one on our team consistently bottom frags. And it's like, I watched some of the, like, steal our IGL. Normally, the IGL does bad. But then, like, I watch the shots he hits. Like, on that, there's one, this one round on Haven. He, and he's playing Garage. And then uh, Nitro's playing on top of Site. He just, oh, yeah. like, puts down a jet upper that just, like, dashes in when he's, like, trying to pop a cage for Nitro. Like, he prioritizes the team first. And then he just, like flicks one taps the jet and then kills <laughs> oh, by the, the way, <laughs> breach. I don't know. It's just insane to watch that. And like knowing that my IGL is like that insane mechanically as well as like, you know, he's trying to think about the team as well. It's really good to see. Um, but no, like I think strategically we still are not there yet. I think we still need to like throw a lot more fakes and like be a lot more like we're a lot, uh, we're, I think we're a little too clear to say. Like um, if teams study us, they'll definitely know like what we're doing and it'll become like obvious. So I feel like yeah, I think that's like one reason why we won the tournament as well. We didn't have a lot of like tape on us, you could say. So like yeah. teams didn't really know what to expect from us, kind of, because we still played like the open qualifier and the closed qualifier, but we definitely played like a low amount of games compared to other teams. Like we went out early in the open qualifier, so they didn't get a lot of games. And then we, in the close, we made it to the grand finals, which is a lot more games than other teams, but we still didn't like, you know, yeah, play as many because we didn't have to go through a second qualifier. So we were still like kind of unknown to these teams and that gave us like a little edge.
2: Uh, Austin, I want to ask you, cause this came from the chat earlier with the first strike victory, you banked $40,000 as a team that split five ways. It's not a huge number, but it's starting to add up. Um, it's pretty awesome that your parents allowed you to just focus on gaming. and You didn't have a, a job before this, but now you're starting to put some money in the bank. Also being a part of an org, we know that there's side income if someone is in a high school or someone wants to pursue this as a professional career, like what is the money that could be made for someone that is in the top tier?
4: Uh, I mean, it's definitely a lot. I mean, like I don't, have to, I probably, if I don't go to college I also have like my college fund. So I don't know, it's kind of, it's a lot of money and like, you know, I don't really know what to spend it on. Cause like, I don't have any, like, you know, anything to buy. I don't have to pay rent taxes or i don't have to pay taxes, but I don't have to pay rent or like, you know, car payments or anything like that. So, I kind of just like making money with no expenses besides like food. So it's pretty nice. Must be nice. (laughs) Yeah, right. And that
2: number is going to be going up, I'm sure, next year with Riot getting behind it in a big way. Um, And and then I guess for you, are you excited about that? Also knowing that if you want to pursue college, that maybe you could have a a scholarship. Would you choose a school for that reason? Or do you think that you could be self-sufficient and don't need to play for a certain school?
4: Yeah no I I don't think uh scholarships would, like I I kind of just want to go to a good school regardless of scholarship cuz like I mean I'm making a good amount of money so like I don't think college uh like uh will be that expensive now uh, if I like just you know play off for the rest of like the 7 months uh until like college starts so I mean yeah but at the moment I think I'm leaning towards esports right now college is definitely like I'm still applying obviously to keep it open but mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll like pursue it
2: you can, you can multitask, man. Uh, just take yeah. it slow and have some fun. That's where the social life yeah. is. Uh, going back, to, sorry, Dan, to the tournament side. After the, the big event with First Strike, uh, kind of closing that one out, what did you think of your opponents there? And what was different going into the JBL Cup?
4: Well, what I thought about my opponents after the one?
2: Yeah, I guess like throughout the tournament, were you surprised that you guys were able to take down TSM the way you did? Were you surprised you guys were able to walk away with the finals in the fashion that you did?
4: The only surprise I got from the tournament was like, I know everyone says it, but like Envy, not making it as far. Um, I thought Envy would be in the finals and we would play them. So I guess that was the only surprise. But beating all the teams that we beat was kind of like, you know, like, oh, we won, okay. Like I think that's like the difference I highlighted earlier. It's like, we weren't exactly an underdog where it's like, wow, they just upset them. It's like, oh, the 100 teams won. Okay, that makes sense. Like, that was possible. So I feel like that definitely, uh yeah. And... I think my uh, the way I view my opponents definitely changed after this tournament because I'm pretty like i don't know I, I view a lot of these teams like really highly, I say, so I thought we were like you know a third best team or fourth best team going into the tournament, but then like after I thought we were like a nice little second, so it definitely feels good
3: yeah it's it's interesting too i sp- I spoke to Steele because I did the um I played some uh angles with him in preparation for for him playing mm-hmm. that tournament. And um, he was saying to me as well that, like, between First Strike and, and JBL, I think he said, is, like, he didn't have any, like, he he was, he didn't have COVID or anything, but he was, like, very drained, so he didn't practice or anything like that between those two two things. So, it sounded like you guys didn't get any practice as a team um, between those two two cups as well. So, it seems like, just generally speaking, your is like, very good right now. But, you know, very quickly, before we move on to the Ask Us Anything, um, what do you want to see... For the future of Valorant, going into 2021, we have the Champions Tour. We have, um, obviously, a host of new agents that will come through across the year. The next one is rumored to be this lurking list, which I think is going to ruin everyone's matchmaking experience even more. But, but Yay, with that said, what do, you, but what, you know, what do you want to see?
4: Um, I mean, hopefully they add another controller. Uh, I need. I, I mean, I, I don't know how this agent will turn out. I haven't play it or anything. So I, I don't want to make any opinions on it. It definitely seems annoying, though. Uh, the I mean, I want to see how Rai will incorporate like third party tournaments because I don't really follow League of Legends or any other Rai game. So I don't know how they do it, but, uh, I hope like they understand like player breaks and stuff like that. Cause I, I feel like, and like other organizers, cause like looking at the calendar, it feels like you're just playing all year long and, you know what I mean? You're just grinding. Um, I mean we'll see how they do it. I hope like champions will be like worlds kind of, you know, where, uh, you know, then we got a nice little like music video, hopefully eventually in our careers or, and you know, it's like hyped up like that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I think we can expect that. Waylon's all about it. And and he's come out and said he wants the champions finale to be on the same level of what you see in league of legends with worlds. Uh, what, when you go back to the player break though, like as someone who has been grinding since the age of what, 15, 14, what are you looking for what what kind of break do you want because i know 100t is doing that right now you guys are on a break until january 11th so what would it be like for you though in the ideal world
4: i mean you just don't play any tournaments and you just like chill and relax like during the winter holiday you go back to your family and like because like when you're like because for sports like you know they have off seasons you know i mean they have like a period where they can like you know relax and like take in everything so i feel like uh esports might be one of those career like spots where like they don't have that right now it's a lot more like oh third party organized like i'm thinking about cs really like oh we can fit a tournament in here all right let's do that like they don't really look at like oh wow this team has been playing for seven you know months straight let me uh make sure that we can't put a tournament here you know what i mean like so i feel like um some of like those stuff need to be addressed maybe in the future but Definitely not like the top priority. It's just like, you know, one of those things that would be nice, like, you know, a little life improvement. Do you, do you want 15 days off, 30 days, two months, three
2: months? What's the ideal break for, for a high scorer who's still grinding?
4: Um, I mean, like it depends on how often, but maybe like two weeks every two two times a year. I don't know. So okay, like winter and summer, maybe.
2: I like that. Yeah, that, that sounds necessary for everyone on the production
4: side included. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine.
3: Yes, it's it's one of those things too where like in CS it's just such an open system that there's like mm-hmm. no controls and and no one really thinks about the fact that you know, like in, re, in, in conventional sports it's like a physical thing too so your team's going to eventually like everyone's going to be physically wrecked if they don't have the right recovery but in esports people kind of overlook like a bad performance you know, just as a bad performance and they don't understand that it can also very much come from the fact that they're not rested like it impacts yeah. you mentally as well so it's... It's uh, conveniently being overlooked, unfortunately, in mm-hmm. CS, but we'll see if that's different in Valorant. Um I think we should get into the Ask Us Anything, Chris. What do you think? Yes. I love it. I love Wait, it. Wait, I want to
4: add on to that point really go ahead. Sorry. Right, go, go for it. Uh, Valorant already has this kind of problem because like with the ignition series, like we were told like there'd only be like three or like something like that, and they'd be like spaced out evenly. And like we just played like five tournaments in a row every weekend, and it was so like tiring. I think um I remember Shinobi talking about it as well in a different show and like I don't know the Valorant hopefully doesn't go in that trajectory, but we'll see.
3: That's all. All right. All right. Hopefully it'll be a bit better this uh twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um but okay Chris what what you got for me? All
2: right. The first question oh. just because it the very first person to use the hashtag uh it was Asana, what is your favorite color?
4: Oh what's my favorite color? Probably like cyan or light blue. I don't know. It's the only color I really enjoy. I mean you can tell by by walls like uh light bluish and then I have a dark blue couch slash bed. So I mean
2: yeah. Uh next one is you mentioned that you listen to music while you game. Do you still do that? Is this just while you're streaming, while you're while you're pubbing talk to me about listening to music and do you do anything (laughs) different for the tournaments?
4: Okay. Um I mean I think playing a lot of pugs requires a lot of mental, you know, like strength. And music definitely helps you out with that. Um, like when you make a bad play or your teammates are tilting you, it's nice to just like, you know, you're like just stunned by what just happened. And then you just hear your music and it's just like, oh, okay, I, um, I'm fine now. Um, it's just nice, like calming, I guess. Uh, I don't do it in matches because I don't get tilted or like, you know what I mean? Like maybe I play bad, but I won't like, you know, I'm not mentally going to go out of it. Besides when I play like a pug where like I played eight in a row and like, I had three back-to-back games I played bad. I feel like I'm a lot more harsh on myself during matches because, like, I think in my head when I'm in a match, like a a pro match or, like, you know, finals or something, I think in my head, like, me getting upset won't improve my teammates. It won't help at all. So, like, the least I can do is calm and, like, try to bring something to the table, like, you know, strategically. So, like, I try to do that if I can at least. Um, And if I'm playing well, then, like, I just want to, you know, do that on top of that, stuff like that.
2: Nice. That was uh, from Linksy. Shout out to Linksy on Twitter, guys. I'm taking these all from Twitter at the moment. I also see you in chat. Dan, I'll let you get the chat questions. Uh, this next one, Ono oh, Nas. How is Steve doing?
4: How is Steve doing? Steve. I don't know. We, we talked to him the, the entire time, actually. we He was in our, I think, 2-1 game, our Sunsull game, and our th- or TSM game. So, I don't know. He's pretty cool. Uh, and, yeah. I see a question on the series though, though how did he yeah. get scouted by Immortals? How was he contacted? We answered that a little bit earlier, but I'll repeat it. How did I get... Oh, I didn't answer how I got scouted by Immortals actually. Um, So in, when people were transitioning from Valorant to Sia or CS to Valorant, they were um, looking at MDL players mainly. And so... Uh, you know, a lot of people knew that like MDL players are like the next best thing in Valorant to be pro. So like you have a lot of players like you see now that played MDL or like at least touched it. Like, And so Immortals scouted a bunch of players. Like they did like their own like thing where they like tried out a bunch of like if you were like Immortal 3 plus or something, you got like a 10 mana for Immortals and like the coaches will look at it, whatever. I don't know how that worked, but they got Gangsta I know for sure. They got Bjor, who's not on the team anymore, but I know mm-hmm. they did. And then they also got JC Stanning. Those three players and um, I was playing with JC Stanning actually. I got to like Immortal 3 with him and I was queuing with him. Gangsta knew me from CS. We played a, a lot of like a lot together. We were actually like not friends at all. We kind of like hated each other but Ooh, I mean... Rivals. Yeah. <laughs> no, we just like shit talked to each other a lot and so it was just like yeah. But I mean if we're on a protein together we're just going to you know, obviously set aside those differences but yeah. And then Bjorn just like uh, he played CS, but he was, like, in Maine, actually, like, even lower than MDL. So, like, we didn't know him that well, but he was still really good. And, like, yeah. um, But they recommended me to Gumba because I was, like, at that time, I was, like, like I don't know, really good in pugs. And, like, they saw that. And so they picked me up because of that. Like, Gumba just got a recommendation. I got a tryout. And then, yeah. I mean. It worked out. Yeah. Dan, you so got we, more in the chat?
3: Go ahead. Yeah, so, so we had a question from Doom Bros, but I think this was already answered. So I just want to quickly cover that. Doom Bros, who's the uh, coach of FPX, um, asked how long of a break are you guys taking now over winter? And I think you said till January the 11th, right? Yeah, or something?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. we're taking, so, yeah, we haven't, like, uh, we stopped practicing. I mean, we we just took, like, because we were traveling and everything, we did content the day before. We stopped practicing since, like, first strike after the, we won it. And then we went to the JBL tournament. We just, you know, played it. Um, and now we're just like chilling, relaxing and obviously all of our players are still playing the game. Like, it's not like, like I see Hiko streaming, you know, every single morning. I don't know how that guy does it mentally. <laughs> like I can stream like one day and I'm just done for the month. That's it. That's all I'm here for. Yeah. That's like so hard for me. I don't know. And like, now that you can't even listen to music, I don't know like how he does it, but yeah. Yeah,
2: I think he just checks the bank account in the morning. He's like, "Yeah, I can do another twenty hours." (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) your
4: mental—I don't know. If I was him, I'd take like way more breaks. Like, you know what I mean? But he doesn't. No, I'm with you. And then like he doesn't even have to be a pro player. You know what I mean? He's already making um a lot of money and like he's well off. But he still chose to go pro, which is like I don't know, crazy to me. I I don't know what went through his mind to you know be a pro player, but you know he's he's on my team, so I'm happy.
2: Yeah, you got that competitive drive. This one's from Jami05, aka Johnny. Uh, what do you think is the ideal agent for you? What would it be like? Best agent abilities for you if you could hand pick or yeah. custom create an agent? Who yeah, fits this reminds you best me of Dota Two. I
4: don't know if you guys played Dota Two, but they had like a, they have a game mode where you can pick abilities from every single like hero. It was like really cool. Um, I definitely would have to include Raise Grenade, right? Um, maybe the Raise Bot as well. Um, and then the way the Reina ability works is that it's actually two, like the E and the Q. So that's two abilities. So I I can, I'll probably just take like, I guess the E or the way, yeah, the heal, sorry, with the Reina ability. I don't need to dismiss, but yeah, either that or the Sage heal. It depends on which one is more like needed. Cause I, I don't know why, but I I hate playing agents that can't heal themselves or heal, you know, in general. Cause like, it feels like after I get one kill, I'm just like kind of just dead because I have like 30 HP, 60 HP. Um, yeah, and then the ultimate, you can't take Showstopper because you don't have Satchel, so it's really hard to utilize that. Good point. Um, good point. You'd probably want to take like, I don't know, maybe a Res or a Rainall, but probably, I mean, maybe even Phoenix ult, something like that. I don't know. I guess like Phoenix ult and then like, yeah, just see how that goes, I guess.
2: Yeah, we'll give you run it back and then let you heal yourself later. I think this is probably the best character
3: ever for Asuna. <laughs> I like that pick. Yeah. Dan, you got another one for us? um it's obvious asks and we we actually i think do this one every week anyways but what are the top teams in north america valorant right now yeah, i was expecting this them. question
4: <laughs> oh i i mean i have to give us first right but i mean Sentinels could be argued so I, I okay you know they're definitely second they're like i think we are the top two teams and it's like yeah and then tsm and then i'd say like, I want to put Envy fourth, but, like, it's hard for me to do that now because I'm considering scrims. That's, like, a big problem, and I'll, I won't consider scrims. So, I, I think my fourth team would have to be T1. I think, Really? Uh, okay. Yeah.
2: I and mean, they they if also... You
4: cons-
2: if you were considering scrims, who moves up and who moves down?
4: I mean, Envy, right, moves up because Envy, like, we're really good in scrims leading up to first strike, but, you know, in matches, they just aren't the same. I mean, also they like on this show specifically, I saw they ranked us number four or something and then we 13 out them. So, I mean, I kind of have to, (laughs) I I have to put them a little bit way lower now because of that. So, I mean, I I didn't like that.
2: (laughs) I didn't like that either. No, no, I I appreciate the, the rivalry yeah. that's brewing here. So Continue I'd on, say, please.
4: Yeah, I'll do top five, right? Or top ten. What was asked? Top five. Uh, is, top yeah, five. whatever
2: you're comfortable with.
4: Okay, because uh, if I do top ten, it will just get like a little, like, you know. All right, so let me repeat that. Uh, us, 100 Thieves, then Sentinels, then TSM, then T1, and then Envy, probably. Envy number five. Yeah. Nice. Is there anyone that you think is
2: amongst that group? Like, is there, first of all, is there a tier cutoff in that top five? Oh. And then who is, who are the next few right below it?
4: Um, I think there's a tier cutoff in like, either between like TSM and T1 or between TSM and Sentinel's like, either the top two or top three is like, definitely way different. Uh, definitely top three. There's definitely like a gap between like, I'd say like the fourth spot and the third spot. And then like, there's a, I wouldn't say as big as a gap, but there's definitely a bigger gap between like TSM and Sentinel's. I feel like. Whenever we play against Sentinels, it's definitely like a lot harder than TSM personally. But I mean, I don't know how people view it as like from the outside looking in. Like, I don't know how the analytics see it. And then for the, uh, I'm assuming you're asking for like the six to seven eighth spots. I guess like below that would be like Cloud9 Immortals. FaZe impressed me in the JBL tournament. I know a lot of teams weren't like taking it as seriously as First Strike, but it's still a tournament and they did really well. So it's interesting to see how they will do. And especially if they get a good like, I, they were talking about like getting a CS coach, so it'll be interesting to see how like they improve off of that. Because obviously mechanically, all those players are really good. So it's just gonna be interesting to see how they like you know do that side. Um, yeah, Cloud9 Immortals phase. Ambox, It's hard to put them because they've had also their own tragic circumstances for most of these tournaments. Like um, I think Poach got ill during the qualifier and they yep. couldn't qualify for a Strike, so that was unfortunate. And then like recently, they were supposed to play in the Knights tournament and I was gonna like you know watch them play, but they backed off, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, I mean, I I don't know how to rank any, like, Genji, Dignitas. I mean, like, I, I watched them play Genji and will so They look good, you know what I mean? But it was against Tier 2 opponents, so it's, like, hard to put them on a spot as well because I haven't seen much from them in, like, Tier 1, against Tier 1 to- opponents, to say, because, like, a lot of, like, we haven't played that many matches, I'd say, that matter. Like, because uh, a lot of these matches were, like, seeding, I'd say. So it's, like, really hard to put these, like, Teams down on like a point, I'd say. So, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of teams like that could easily like, I mean, like cloud Knight made a roster move. So, like, they're definitely going to be improving a lot. And we'll see how, like, they make their roles work because they just lost their IGL. And, like, who's going to pick that up? And then, like, what's Leaf going to play if he joins that team? Um, yeah. I love that you're
2: not afraid to dive in deep here. Asana, fearless, as always. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I'm again. just talking. No, it's good. It's great. The chat's <laughs> loving it. Uh, can I jump in here, Dan? This next one's do from it. Bruh, and I kind of have the same question. So Mr. Meast on Twitter wants to know, are there any other pro players who you have a tough time facing in ranked? Or I would want to know in tournaments. So yeah, who who do you have a tough time against? Is it, a, is it someone in a similar role? Is there anyone out there? Who would you call out?
4: Um, I mean, the only player, like, I mean... I'm not really scared of anyone, really, because, like, I'm entering, you know, I'm pretty confident, I'd say. Um, no one really, like, strikes me as, like, man, I can't win a fight against them. I mean, I thought about that with Envy when we first played them. Like, I was limit testing them in the finals, like, in the close qualifier. Um, But they were, like, really good that day. But, I mean, now we just 13-0'd them, so I don't feel that anymore. Um, Sick, I feel like if he played Duelist more consistently, I'd definitely be scared of that guy, but he doesn't. So <laughs> it's a burning off of my chest. So I don't have to worry about that. Like he plays Breach on ascendant and Sky and Icebox. It's like, thank right. the Lord. Holy. <laughs> I don't have to face him on like, I don't know, Ray's Rain or anything. So it's nice. I, I'm not really like scared of him whenever he plays Sky or Breach. But when he played Phoenix on Haven, that was definitely like scary, I guess. But I mean, you, you get used to it as time goes on. And like, I'm not, it's not like it changes me. It's just like, oh, six on Phoenix. Now he's going to play a lot better and a lot more like, in my face than he would with Sky and Breach. You just, like, take mental knowing that.
3: All right. Well, Mike asks, do you think having your performance coach, Ed, has made a clear impact on the team? And do you think Augs will slowly gravitate to having performance coaches?
4: Yeah, I think uh, we'll definitely have more performance coaches. I just don't see how, like, they wouldn't help. You know what I mean? Like, they definitely don't hurt the team in any way. And the only thing they can do is help. I mean, the clear impact is very hard to draw a line on um, because like you don't, you can't like go back in time and be like, all right, let's try this out without the performance specialist. You know what I mean? Like he just like, it's like really hard to, you can't measure it. You know, you can measure like someone's stats and stuff and be like, Oh, this player is like doing really well. But then with performance specialists, it's really hard. I mean, he definitely helped me because it's nice to have someone to talk to that isn't on the team um, Mm -hmm. that like, you know what I mean? Has like a, uh, say on you know he's like his own person kind of and he's just there to help me out so it's nice and uh he definitely has a big impact on my teammates i'd say uh especially like hiko and like steel you know the older guys because like you know he's taking care of them and helping them out health-wise which is really important and like i think that's where my notion of like health being really important comes from because like hiko and steel really take care of their health and i think that's really important and then like he also ingrained in me that health would be important so like yeah
2: this next one comes from Kelvin. Shout out to Kelvin, one of the longtime supporters of Immortal Minds. How much attention do you play or do you pay to the Asian scene compared to EU or NA? And I guess let's just open that up. How much of the other regions are you watching in general? Or are you only focused on NA?
4: um i don't really like obviously i don't watch the tier two asian scene but i do watch like you know their grand finals their stuff like that um specifically vision strikers um we steal a lot of strats from i don't want to steal we borrow some strats from vision strikers um they were the first like team that really invented or not invented but like showed like that breach and like jet dashing which i know sounds like you know really dumb but like jet and breach flashes can work really well together and they can like really open up the round And Mm -hmm. a lot of their strats, we steal. Like, I know we do one on Haven, one on Split, specifically that, like, well, if we ran a Breach on Split, we would have. But um, we use some of their strats. And then I keep an eye on Jupiter. That's the only team in Japan that I've, like, watched. But besides that, and, like, yeah, I mean, I watch the Korean games just because uh, I'm thinking, like, League of Legends, where, like, Korea will all of a sudden be insane at this game. But, I mean, just in case, you know what I mean? Yeah, gotta, anytime like, someone's
2: 77 and 0 i'll pay attention to them <laughs> like what are they doing right over there
4: yeah like i mean you have to think the competition but i mean they're definitely doing something correct you know what i mean um and then the eu scene uh it was interesting watching the finals because none of like the it made me like kind of realize how competitive the scene is because i'm not there and like looking in from like the outside you see g2 winning a lot and then they like lose early and then like you see liquid lose early and then you see fpx lose early and it like Kind of changed how I view the region because if these teams are able to do that, then like, you know, the, t- the region might be competitive. Because like, I think earlier I thought like, how, oh, the region isn't competitive because G two is winning everything. But I mean, and like they're streaming their games and like, you know, whatnot. But it's interesting to see like the take that G two has because like, they must think that like that wasn't a fluke because they replaced David P. and they think that they can improve a lot more off of this like replacement. So.
3: All right. Well, I think. I mean, unless you have time to squeeze in another quick one, Chris, if you, ha- if you have anything in mind, I think it's it's time to uh, close the show. What I've you got? On? I've got one more. This All one right. from
2: COVID Curtis, aka Curtis the Rocker, was Dicey Sage just for fun. Or are we going to see more of this in the future? Is Sage coming back in NA? <laughs>
4: um. I actually don't know because we haven't discussed anything after, like, you know, we don't we haven't really discussed our comp after, like, you know what I mean, JBL or before JBL. It was just one of those things in the moment. So, I don't know if we will. Uh depends on how the team views it. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it depends on how Quan obviously takes it. Like, because obviously he definitely would have a lot more fun on Jet and, like, Sage is a lot more, like, you know, limiting for him. So, it depends on, like, how he feels. Obviously, he'll do what's best for the team because he's like that. But, you know, I, I have no idea, actually. I mean, we might run it. We'll see how scrims go with it.
2: All right. Final question for me. Uh, I've definitely become a fan after talking with you today, much bigger fan, already a fan of hundred T. Um, tell me where can we catch up with you in the future? Like what's the best way for your fans to now follow you even during this time off between now and January 11th, where we'll see you guys back on the practice field.
4: Um, I mean my Twitter and then like, that's the only thing I really use at all. I mean, I read all my like DMS, but I don't really like, yeah, respond to all of them. And then, uh, I guess the last would be my Twitch if I'm ever streaming, but boom, I don't know. That's a miracle if that happens.
2: <laughs> all right, man. It seems like you're doing enough. You're crushing school. You're crushing the interview today, and of course, you're crushing the tournaments. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight.
4: Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you having me here.
3: Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to have you, and to also have all of you guys in the chat as well. Thank you for joining us live. Of course, we'll be uploading this shortly to all of the podcast platforms as well. So make sure that you're following those if you like to digest our material through audio only formats and of course youtube we always release the next day so make sure you're following us on youtube as well and of course we have a sort of an intermittent schedule it's like holiday scheduling as it were but i presume in january we'll go back to a consistent schedule yet to be uh, decided fully but you can always figure out what we're doing by staying on top of our socials Make sure you're following us on Twitter and you can also join the Discord and uh, directly tag us if you want to ask questions uh, to us and also to hang out with any of the other uh, people that are fans of the show and are hanging out in the Discord. Um, I think that's all for myself. Puckett, what are you going to be doing over the next couple of weeks? Man, I am
2: unplugging for four days and then I got to shoot in Times Square and then I'm unplugging for four more days and then I work 16 days straight. But then January 19th, we're going to be playing a lot of video games. Uh, and I just want to say one more time, shout out to Awesome in the middle of the school day. He is joining us live. Can we get a pog in the chat as we close out the show tonight? You guys are the best chat. Love you.
3: <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody. We're going to be hosting Hiko and that is all from myself, Asana and Puckett and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers.